Welcome to the first episode of a new series of Belgium All Recaps from Reality TV Warriors. My name is Michael Harmstone and I'm delighted to say that joining me as always is the Canadian who values eye contact above most other things, Logan Saunders. Good morning. Good morning and welcome to a brand new series of, let's be honest, our favourite show that we cover. Absolutely. It is definitely number one. It topples any amazing race or other mole seasons that we cover. I don't think we've ever made a secret of the fact that Belgium Mole is my favourite show every year, and I move heaven and earth to be able to do this show. And in fact, going a bit inside baseball, it's currently half 3am for Logan. But he's yep. still doing it because this show is awesome. Absolutely. Love of the game. Passion for the game. Yeah. And where in the world is Logan Saunders at the moment? I'm in Bali. Um, left Cairns. Snorkeled the Great Barrier Reef. Came to Chengdu in Bali four, yeah, four days ago now, I think. And I'm here for about another eight days. And then it's off to Malaysia to meet up with original co-founder of RTV Warriors, uh, Eamon. Yay! And I'm sure he will end up taking you to the, um, the survivor sites. No, he's going to tell me how to get there because he had an unexpected work trip come up two weeks ago, he found out, so we only get to hang out the one day. So yeah, we won't be doing Survivor Island together. That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> so, Belgium Mole is going to Vietnam. Yay! It's a country that I've travelled to. Yay! In the past year, probably about a month before they did. Yay! If only you caught them during filming. Yeah, it would have been deeply ironic for Gilles after saying to us when we spoke to him in May, oh yeah, we try and pick a country where nobody's really going to recognise us. Can you imagine if I went on my cruise to Vietnam last year and I bumped into Gilles de Costa somewhere in Vietnam? He would think you were stalking him. <laughs> it just would have been amazing. And in a change to what we normally have, we open in Phuc Lo Tho, Vietnam, on the night of the finale on day 21. And there is a pagoda with red lanterns and three laptops with lamps set up. And it looks amazing. Yeah, very cinematic. And Jill says, the hunt has ended, it's time to look the mole in the eyes. Now normally I wouldn't really go into this sort of stuff very much. However, given that we are the people who spoke to Jill last year, I want to know whether you're on the same wavelength I am. Because I think that this scene is designed entirely to troll us. And I know it's horrifically big-headed to say it, but I think he's deliberately trying to troll us with this opening scene. Like making us think there's a clue? Well, cast your mind back to the one clue that I discussed with Jill, which is my favourite clue ever, the first words clue. Where, in both the first Belgian season and in both UK series, we had the host start every episode on the day of the finale giving a speech. And the first words of those speeches then spelt out who the mole was. This is literally what Jill is doing again. And I'm inherently suspicious that he's trying to sneak it past us. <laughs> and any clues he picked up on? Well, the, the whole point of the first words clue is that you couldn't really work it out until the last episode. So if we keep getting scenes with Jill in day 21, he's trolling us. <laughs> so this is definitely something to keep an eye on for me. It'd be funny if it just adds up to complete nonsense, like Jill's likes peanut butter or something like that. Oh, I am fully expecting it to end up being complete nonsense just to wind us up. <laughs> and it's horrifically big-headed of me to even think that this is a potential thing, but yeah. I'm watching you, Gilles de Costa. <laughs> He's the real mole. <laughs> and his speech is all about how one person in the group was completely unprepared to be the mole. <laughs> 
And then we cut to day one beginning in Hanoi, which is where they first meet in the airport. We get introduced to everyone. So Bruno is a 54-year-old business manager. Ava is a 28-year-old lawyer. Elizabeth is a 34-year-old paramedic. Baz is a 32-year-old headhunter. Lisbeth is a 41-year-old HR consultant. Can we pause right there? I like how their her nickname is Lies for the rest of the season because it's like they, they get confused saying, oh, there's two Elizabeth. Somebody has to go by a nickname. So her name is shortened to Lies for the rest of the season on the mole. See, I would think that that was suspicious, but then we also have the knowledge that actually, even if she is the mole, she wasn't the mole at that point. Maybe she's at least one of the three. <laughs> and Jury is a 32-year-old welder. And then my new favourite person, Axel, the 40-year-old pilot. With the scruffiest beard of all scruffiness. Because I love that they played the game of guess what each other do. Because Axel's one was amazing. He said a stewardess. Yeah, he gave the hint that he eats a lot of airline food. And the first thing that anyone guessed was that he was a (laughs) fuckboy. So for the rest of the season, thanks to David Bindley, he's now going to be known as Axel F-boy. It's still better than being Axel Rose. And I may also have to put in um, Axel F every time we talk about him. Yeah, yeah, I hear Axel's a big Beverly Hills Cop fan. That'll be one of the hidden clues. That'll be one of the, that'll be on the mall soundtrack. <laughs> and Jill says that they will visit the north of Vietnam, Halong Bay, and the Mekong Delta. They get all of the landscapes that they wanted in the span of three weeks, minus snow. I think it's quite fun to look at where the locations are and see actually how close I got to them. Because I was there in October, and I think they filmed in November. So you get to be the local expert this season. In theory, yeah. And anyone who's listened to any podcast where they end up going to Vietnam will know how terrible my Vietnamese pronunciation is. So this is going to be a great fun season for me. Your Dutch is better than your Vietnamese. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm taking. Yeah, it's not hard. <laughs> I mean, saying that my Dutch is better than my Vietnamese is saying that my Dutch is better than most other languages because I'm, I can at least understand Dutch. Ish. <laughs> Ish. <laughs> as long as, as they speak really slowly and they enunciate. And then we get introduced to another of my favourites, Ingrid, who says that she can't run. So she is the new Sinan Chan. Maybe by the end of the season, because of how poorly she does in challenges, that she just gets to be in one of those uh, buggies that like old people get. Or maybe she's just she just becomes a new Bobby from Mole US5 and gets pushed around in a wheelbarrow. <laughs> in other words, if they do the run up to the top for an exemption uh, two years in a row, she will not be winning that challenge. She'll be doing the the trivia question on the on the eighth floor. Also, side note: Footlock Toe, which is where the finale is, appears to be just outside of Natrang, where I went. I've just looked it up. Did you see the candles? I did not know. I have some Natrang stories when we get there. So prepare for that in about six weeks. And Ingrid is a 46-year-old saleswoman. I believe she's a shuttle saleswoman, but I'm just going to call her a saleswoman. And then the final two are Martine, who's a 23-year-old facility assistant, and Kat, who is a 22-year-old kinesiology student. And hilariously, I can say the word kinesiology, but I can't say Martine. And they are driven straight from the airport to Ninbin to a deserted building site for their first challenge. And this is a challenge that we saw in all of the trailers. Juggling and jumping. The David Bindley Memorial Bungee Jump Challenge, because Bindles hates this sort of challenge. He likes this one, 
but he hates that generally. That's why we get it out of the way first, dating all the way back to Mole USA with their first season. So in order to earn 5,000 euros, they have to play in pairs, and each duo will be hoisted in the air on a crane and will earn money if one person does a 60-meter bungee jump. Which of them jumps and how much they can earn is determined by the others and how well that person can juggle. Four juggling balls, two for each of them, are put in a bag and drawn by Gilles. One of the others must then juggle with three of those balls to earn cash and determine which of the other two on the crane has to make the jump. For every six seconds that the balls are juggled, 100 euros is added to the potential prize pot, but only if they jump within 20 seconds, up to a maximum of 500 euros per jump, and they can also double the money by solving a hangman puzzle using letters that appear when they actually bungee jump. You know what's great about Belgian mole most of the time is that... They can make really complicated challenges, but have it set up in a really straightforward way. Yeah, I must admit, when I saw this on the face of it, when I was in the Amsterdam Hotel watching it, I was a bit worried that they were going to go a little bit basic with this, and I had no idea why the juggling thing was in there. However, when you get to the point where you realise why the juggling thing is in there, you go, oh my god, those bastards, how have they done this again? (laughs) And making everybody juggle pre-season. So the first pair is Axel and Martijn, and Martijn has two balls, and Bruno is the one juggling. What? Martijn has two balls? There we go, there's the Saunders snigger. And Martijn really does not want to do the bungee jump. Understandably, given it's blowing a gale at that point, and also it's a 60 metre bungee jump in Vietnam, not known for its health and safety. I have a feeling they filled out maybe just a few pages of waivers before this season. I think so too in a place that's never hosted them all. And a place that if you actually tour it, you'll see that it doesn't necessarily have the Western attitude to health and safety. I have a great picture from my first ever visit to Vietnam when we walked past some uh, telephone and electricity wires, and I'm not joking, they were about, it was about 10 foot thick of wire, all meshed together, and if you walked under it, you could hear the crackling. Maybe you would gain superpowers. Maybe. And then you try and cross the road and it's like a game of Frogger. All of these stories that I've told previously about Vietnam are very understandable when you go there. Now available in a five-part series on Kindle. It does feel like it sometimes. (laughs) And Axel does the traditional reality TV trope of, I'm not here to make friends, I'm here to win. And he's not the only person who says that he's only here to win them all. Martijn says he will always go 100% and drag the group along for the ride. And for each person who jumps, more lessers are added to the hangman puzzle so that they can actually solve the puzzle as a team. And it's only the people who jump who can actually solve. And Bruno drops Axel's ball at 200 euros, but Axel refuses to jump, so they earn nothing for that one. Yeah, it's like he was trying to be the mole or something. It's wonderful to start a season where nobody knows that there is no mole, to just see who tries to mole. Because I believe that Ingrid was absolutely terrified and did not want to jump. I also believe that Axel was just moling. What's, what makes it hilarious, or what could ruin their games, is that now that the mold is picked, that the initial moling you try to do, if you try to change it all, everyone now knows whether or not you're really the mole or not. So some suspects could be weeded out very quickly. Yeah, that's the interesting thing about starting without a mole, is the fact that It gives everyone one challenge to see how each other act when they're trying to mole, and then you can actually watch those people and go, are they actually moling now? Yeah, try to compare and contrast all their their, uh, body language too. Yeah, because on the face of it, 
I'm not a huge fan of the idea of starting without a mole because it means that we have an unprepared mole. However, if any franchise is going to be able to do it properly and do it justice, it's Belgian mole. I think after this episode, all of my fears were kind of allayed a little. Yeah, nobody, when they're in that uh, area and everyone's looking at the screen to see if they might be the mole or not, nobody had like really wide eyes in front of the whole group. Could you imagine? Because <laughs> when it was originally hinted at that there was going to be a cane mole in all the previews, I went, oh, please don't don't let them repeat that twist. It's a stupid twist that means that the mole is very underprepared. But the more I watch this show and the more I think about it, I go, actually, yeah, they'll do it. And they'll do it really well. And it's it's interesting for us to contrast doing Dutch mole this year and then going straight into doing Belgian mole. Because they are two very different interpretations of the same show. But it's kind of fun for us. Yeah, especially with Belgian mole so far trying to be extremely cinematic and a whole episode just dedicated to every single minor detail and showing a bunch of stuff that happens pre-season. Meanwhile, with Dutch Mole, that didn't happen at all, pre-season or post-season material that we needed as a viewer. Yeah, I mean, someone who's a massive Mole fan sent me a message saying, uh, man, I forgot how much work they put into Belgi. Yeah, like start filming during the audition process. I think it also is different because it's not celebrities trying to necessarily defend their reputation which I think is what hindered Dutch Mall a lot this year, is the fact that because they cast so many quote-unquote famous people, it then means that there's a lot more reputations on the line and people are much less likely to to go against what the public would expect them to do. Except Sinan. Except Sinan, who just doesn't care. <laughs> I love Sinan, I'm going to miss talking about him repeatedly, and I think we probably are going to end up just talking about him still. <laughs> I'm going to ruin Belgian Mole by making a Dutch Mole contestant be brought up every single week. Sabotage. Sabotage. <laughs> so anyway, back to this challenge. Ingrid and Kat are the next two to go in the crane, and Ingrid is the one with the double ball. And Ingrid says with a little peer pressure she'll do all the heights challenges. And Kat says she doesn't like losing because she's very competitive. And Jury drops the ball at 100 euros, and Ingrid is the one who has to jump. And she is the second person in a row to refuse to jump. So far, a great start. Would you have jumped? Yes. I feel like not jumping is way too obvious of trying to be a mole at the beginning. I would not have jumped because I have no desire ever to do a bungee jump. Ever. Not in Vietnam? Hell no. What if the bungee cord was crackling? That would be what I was worried about if if the bungee cord was accidentally like near the mains, for example, and crackling. Because let's be honest, it wouldn't be out of character for Belgian Mole. They have electric shocked people before. What if there was an exemption on the line? It still wouldn't be worth it for me. <laughs> so Bruno and Jury are next with Martijn juggling, and Jury has the two balls. And Jury says he will jump out of a plane, and Bruno is the second person to say you don't do the mole for the money, you do it to reach the finale. And Martijn is actually a good juggler, he reaches 500 euros, and Jury is the one who has to jump. And he does jump, so 500 euros is earned. And then he partially solves the puzzle. Because he suggests that it's uh, it's not a mole, Jongen. There is not a mole currently, guys. Whereas it's actually, there is no mole chosen yet. And then he just brushes it off saying, nah, it can't be it. Yeah, he's one word away from it being 100% correct. Which is quite impressive. And then Elizabeth and Bass are the fourth duo. And Bass is the one with the double ball. And Elizabeth really doesn't want to jump. And it's Lisbeth who is juggling for them. 
And Elizabeth says she really wants to be the mole so she knows what will happen and because she'd be good at it. And Baz says that he can act way more naive than he actually is. And Lee drops Baz's ball after just a few seconds and he won't earn any money if he jumps, but he does jump with one second left on the clock. Lies, I think, intentionally sabotage the juggling since everyone had to film themselves practicing beforehand. See, I'm interested about your thoughts on that because the juggling made absolutely no sense just in the context of the first challenge. But when you realise that it's part of a test that they were set to potentially become them all and they didn't realise it, then it makes a lot more sense. Because do you as a potential mole try and be great at juggling and then mess it up? Do you just improve slightly to show that you're willing to learn new skills? How do you play it as a potential mole? What somebody should have done is like try to show off the fancy tricks that they learned before the season, so like, like throw some behind the back and catch it. Or add in the fourth ball. Well, the thing is, you can't be too obvious that you've practiced it, because as far as you know, nobody else has had that mission. That's the thing, you've got to be reasonably subtle about it, because you have no idea that other people have been given exactly the same challenge as you have. <laughs> and Lisbeth and Ava are the final duo, and they promise to push each other, and Lisbeth has the two balls, and Kat is the juggler. And Ava says that she could be the mole in theory, but she's unreliable logistically. Which is such a wonderful indictment of herself. And Kat reaches 500 euros, and it's Lisbeth who has to jump. And she says she'll always do her best in challenges, but always tries to cheat. But maybe not anymore. And she jumps to earn the 500 euros, and the final letters on the board. Only the three who jumped can solve the puzzle. Everyone else has to rely on them, hopefully not sabotaging. And they do solve the phrase, Eis noch ein mole gekosen. Or there's no mole chosen. And actually, my uh, my Flemish is quite good then. And this is a really interesting way to actually drop the bomb on them. Yeah, because how much do they earn in this challenge? They earned a thousand euros, which was then doubled to two thousand. So they already made a fifth of what the Dutch mole people made. Yeah, but as I said to Mark Doyle yesterday, you can't compare the pots because the Belgian one is traditionally much larger. If you remember last year, it got above a hundred thousand euros, whereas realistically, the the Dutch one was. At most about 50k this time. That's what happens when Dutch celebrities don't need the money. <laughs> Whereas, I can't remember exactly how much it was, but I think it was about 102,500 euros that they could have theoretically earned last year. Right. So it's hard to compare them, but yeah, they have already earned 2,000 euros out of a possible 5,000 for the challenge and episode. And all 10 of these players said they wanted to be the mole. Yeah, uh, they've done a a twist on that idea before with the first challenge in Argentina being split between the yes car and the no car. Now we have 10 people who potentially could be the mole and who want to be the mole. And why would you ever go into a show like the mole without wanting to be the mole? Because it's the coolest job. You get all the information and you get to just be a shit to people behind their backs. Well, the funniest reaction out of all the people who were on the couch was definitely Ingrid. Where she looks underneath and she gets really wide eyes and just is really into eating that cracker. It is no understatement to say that Ingrid stole this episode for me. Because, yes, I want to call Axel Axel F-Boy for the rest of the season. But Ingrid just worriedly eating that biscuit just made me laugh so hard. That it's one of the rare situations where I was watching it and immediately wrote in my nose, this is the banner, Logan has no choice. 
I, I was fully supporting that banner because I think I watched. I just paused on her reaction just to laugh so hard. It's so good. And you know full well that the editors and production are are watching these scenes and going, yeah, we need to include her eating the biscuit. This is the sort of thing that will make people just laugh. <laughs> Can you imagine just picking her as the mole while everyone's eating a biscuit? Like, okay, everyone meets Jill's one by one, and then they all go into the van, and Ingrid has the same reaction. <laughs> Ingrid just got, just got her, uh, her cookie jar out. It was her luxury item she brought with her. Yeah, she stole it from Jericho. And then you have Boss saying, like, hmm, I think the mole is in this pan. And then the other three people are like, who do you think is the mole? And then you pan to Ingrid just chomping away on crackers. She's the hero that we need. So they earn 2,000 euros out of the possible 5,000, and Jill does confirm that no mole has been chosen yet and that they all answered yes to the question, would you like to meet them all on their application? And then we cut to them in the waiting rooms. So they all got a text while in the waiting room at Final Casting saying to look under the seat cushion, where they will find a personalised letter saying that they are being considered as mole, and that there is one final challenge for them to, to complete. And they're taken to a secret rendezvous in a motorhome, where they talk about how they would act as mole, and are then given homework to prepare for the first challenge, and would they be willing to learn how to juggle? Can you imagine if somebody said, no, so I'm not going to be the mole anymore? The best thing about this is the fact that how did none of these people sit there and go, why do I need to learn how to juggle? Because if you're, if you're being considered as mole, my first question would be, well, if I need to know how to juggle, can you tell me why? So that I know at what level I have to be able to juggle? Maybe they were too afraid of asking too many questions and be disqualified. And a couple of weeks before they leave, they all receive a call saying that they're not the mole, but they are still on the cast and they want to be flown out. Did you see the, what the one person's response was? Do I still have to learn how to juggle? That person will not be the mole. It's almost like one of those, I don't know, like pyramid schemes or <laughs> or like just or one of those scams where it's like, do I still have to wire the $10,000 to the king of Nigeria? Do I still have to recruit three, three of my friends to learn how to juggle? It's like, no, the company shut down. You don't have to do that anymore. <laughs> See, I'm just trying to think of puns to do to do with pyramid schemes and uh, juggling now. <laughs> or they cut to Ingrid answering the phone and she's gained like 50 pounds just, and there's like biscuit crumbs all over her floor from the past three weeks. She passed the medical, but maybe not after she's eaten 50 pounds worth of biscuits. Your sodium levels are way too high, Ingrid. <laughs> too much sodium. I still want to be the mole. I really, really hope that Ingrid sticks around for a while, because I can see this is going to be fun. So Gilles then takes them to one of the other buildings on the site, which has ten podiums with seats. And they all get a personalised message on the tablet in front of them. Either you're not the mole, or you might be the mole. Three people will get the might be message, and they will get a final test, after which the mole will be chosen. And Cass is you first see her message, and then it's Axel, Elizabeth, Yuri, Lise, Bruno, Ava, Martine, Ingrid, and then Bass. And this is the point where I go, what happens if all three of their choices are shit? At what point do they narrow it down to the three people? Was it due to the actions in the first challenge? Or did they actually just have three people in mind and then not have a concrete choice? I think they probably had the three in mind, but I bet you they waited until after they interacted with everybody else after the first challenge. Yeah, because 
if I were the showrunner and producer in this case, I would be very worried that all three of their choices were going to be rubbish. Especially if it's Ingrid. Well, exactly. Imagine if you came into it going, yeah, I want Bruno, I want Ingrid, or, I don't know, I want Axel F-Boy. And then they're all rubbish at mauling. Or just cannot survive the Q&A and they just crumble. Yeah, who do you pick in that instance? Because I'm not sure. (laughs) Just pick Ingrid for the lols and just have every test end in a tie. I would love it so much if Ingrid is small. Like, genuinely so much. And after they get their results... Everyone can now grill each other, and the person with the coolest head of the three maybes will be asked to be the mole in a conversation with Jill. However, Jill says that nine others will be interrogating them, and all we see is him interrogating them. Which is, you know, delightful. I'm assuming that other people also got to interrogate them as well, but they didn't show that for time. I assume this, this interrogation process probably had to go on for about an hour. Yeah. Just so producers had a really good idea of who to choose, which... Jill's made it sound like he had a clear winner in mind. Yeah, I think this is the point where, even if we hadn't spoken to Jill last year and found out that he was the showrunner, I think this is a point where we can concretely say that we know he's the showrunner now. Because he just walks away and goes, yep, I know who I want. I'm going to go speak to my fellow producers. And each of them will meet with him individually to learn if they are the mole. And Baz says that he thinks that the mole is on his bus, which is him, Martai, and Ingrid, Bruno, and Ava. Imagine if two, if one of the three people that didn't get chosen to be the mole gets got really pissed off at Jill. They're like, why not? Well, that's the thing. They've all faced rejection as the mole before, and then two people get it again. On location. Yeah, two people get the hope that they might end up being the mole, and then they still get rejected from it. That's gotta hurt. Yeah. It's like being executed at Final Four. You're so close to winning the game, and yet you don't. And apparently on Café de Mole afterwards... Some of the old moles started suspecting Bass purely because of this comment. Because apparently the the traditional mole tactic is to do that sort of stuff and try and deflect the attention immediately away from yourself. And say stuff like, oh, I think the mole is on this bus. Knowing that you're technically telling the truth, but also trying to lead the suspicion away from yourself. Oh, other Jillis said that? I'm not sure who it was. It was an old mole, apparently. I just don't know who. Mm. And after a show at the hotel... Everyone gathers around the table for the mole to look those they're about to deceive in the eyes. And Jill distributes the mole bookies. And because Yuri is an idiot, he's, he didn't actually pack a pen. Nor learn how to use chopsticks. He learned how to juggle, but he can't, uh, he can't figure out how to use chopsticks. <laughs> yeah, did he actually um, go into this, this show actually still thinking he was definitely the mole? And that, oh yeah, I don't need to bring a pen, that can be one of my hints. <laughs> But then Jill's reaction just going, of course we'll provide a pen. (laughs) He just already looks like a put-upon father and it's not even properly started yet. It's like they have a swimming challenge and he's like, I know we were coming to Vietnam, which is a country on the ocean, but yeah, I didn't pack a bathing suit, guys. (laughs) So, next time, day three. Wait, 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 we we gotta talk about Yuri not being able to use that chopstick. It was in slow motion and he couldn't even get the food into his mouth. Yeah, the problem is with stuff like that, I can't criticise, because I know I would be just as crap. Normally it does not take him that much time to learn how to use chopsticks. Maybe he should have actually put more effort into doing that than obviously moulding when he's juggling. (laughs) Because I don't believe for a second that Yuri couldn't juggle that well. He 100% could juggle a lot better than he did. Yeah, he had a few behind-the-back tosses in him. 
But the interesting thing is, he also predicted the twist. So I wonder whether he actually had the sense about him to go, I've been challenged to learn how to juggle. That was a hint that's come true on this challenge, so I need to deliberately sabotage just in case this is my final actual test. Hmm. And that's something I've just thought about now. So, tunnel vision? Well, he's not my suspect, but he's probably the one who worked out the twist first. It makes sense with his behaviour, I agree with that. But also, for the first time ever, spoilers in about five minutes, we're going to be doing our a mole draft, because as I was walking through Rembrandt Park in Amsterdam on the way to the Dutch finale on Saturday, I was thinking, even if it is Sarah who is the mole, Logan can't really claim a victory because it's his fourth choice. So maybe, just maybe, we need to actually start drafting contestants so that we can concretely say who was the better guesser. Okay, let's do that right now. That was the impetus on me sending you the message saying, do you want to do a mole draft for Belgium? (laughs) But first, next time, day three has the first test in execution, there's running through a town chain together, flames, chopstick, building games, which Yuri will love, a midnight briefing to stress you out, and a good old-fashioned game of slippery dragging across a map. More Jenga. Well, it's not just Jenga, it's building Jenga towers with chopsticks. A twist on a twist. The first Belgian Sedan Sabotage. (laughs) I'm going to make everyone miserable by making them try to learn how to use chopsticks. So now, a few random thoughts before we get into the draft. Both at the start and end of the episode, we heard Jill say the phrase that the mole is about to be looked in the eyes. And had he just said it once, it wouldn't necessarily be a hint... But he said it both on day 21, and then at the table, he said, it's time for the mole to look everyone in the eyes. And I know for a fact that I'm just horrifically tunnel-visioned already, but I'm wondering what that means. If somebody's wearing glasses. And who wears glasses? Martin. Yes. And I also wonder why we saw multiple people say that you don't do the mole for the money, because, I mean, you don't do it for the money, you do it for the experience, but also... I wouldn't sniff at 30, 40 grand. Yeah, I may or may not play for that money too. And also, it looks like we're going to have to have a double elimination episode at some point. Because we know for a fact there are no additional episodes this year. It's still the same schedule it ever was. But we also have one less elimination episode now because of this. Because of the fact that we actually just ended an episode on day one. Yeah, double execution's got to be coming. And with the juggling thing, the mole was challenged to learn how to juggle, not to be necessarily good at it. It's more about how easily you can make your desired outcome happen in terms of whose ball drops. And also the test was more to deal with their rejection and how they dealt with that. And the reason that I mentioned that is because this entire setup of everyone getting rejected reminded me of an early 2000s reality show in the UK called Spy. And as the name suggests, it was 10 ordinary people learning how to be basically James Bond. And at the final four... They had a challenge where they were all sent home and told that they were the last person not going on the final mission. And then they were challenged to see whether they would sell out anyone else. And this is what it reminded me of. Because they were given, like, a TV interview and shown some classified dossiers and then basically interrogated to see whether they would actually sell anyone out for money. And this whole setup of everyone being duped that they had not been made the mole just completely reminded me of that. It's like the producers are just toying with them to see who's the best candidate for the mole. Yeah, it's it's completely that. It's testing how how people deal with the rejection so that they can then be used in a different way. And this entire show was completely pointless because 
nobody got a job at the end of it or anything as a spy because obviously they couldn't go undercover now that they were on national television. But it was a really interesting show and it it's one of the few shows where I go, I wish I still had a recording of it because it was a really good show and really tense in places because they didn't have an elimination structure. They could just be eliminated at any any point if they failed a mission. Just like a spy. Yeah, they could just be pulled straight off the course. So anyway, let's get down to the mole draft. First things first, I need to flip a coin to decide who gets first choice. Do you want heads or tails? Tails. Because of Sonic. It's heads, so I get first choice. Suck it, Saunders. It's all on audio. Yeah, no, I, I was full, actually prepared to video me doing that, and then I thought, oh, I'll just use my, um, my Alexa device to do heads or tails, and then I thought, ah, fuck it, whatever, you'll trust me. I'm going to do my own coin flip. Boop, 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 boop. Oh, it's tails. What do I do best out of three? Sod off. <laughs> okay, okay, you do the third one. I know how this ends. Oh, what a surprise, the third one was heads. Sorry, Saunders. Uh, best, should we go best three out of five? No, bugger off. So my first choice is going to be Martine. Okay, okay. I'll go with the one, the lady in pink. You're going to actually have to give me a name. Elizabeth. I will go with Cat. You're going young. This is another older cast. It is. It's not as old as last year. It's about three years on average younger. But it's still 35, I think it is, rather than 38. Yeah, because four players are over the age of 40. I mean, Bruno's 54? Yeah. You're going to suspect him this year? <laughs> You'll see. Let's see. Um, I'll go with Lies next. I will go with Yuri. Damn it, that was going to be my next choice. It's all right. At least Beth is going to be my next choice. I'm going to go with Ingrid. I'm going to go wild card. Right. Um, I'm going to go with Bass. Okay. This is your last choice on your own, because I decide for the two of us on the next one, don't I? Uh, I'll go with Axel. And my final choice is going to be Ava. I get the old guy. <laughs> yep, you get Bruno, who was, by the way, my least suspected person this week. And that's that. So I guess now the final question is, who is on your suspect list? Nobody, because we haven't seen a challenge. <laughs> okay, I'll change the question then. Who do you think were the three who got the maybe message? Um, let's see. I think Boss for sure got one, because Jill's seemed to be really pressing him. Um, I think, let's see, maybe Yuri got one, and then either Elizabeth or Lies, I think, got the other. I agree with you. I think that Bass probably got one, and I think the other two were probably Martine and Kat. In which case, you know, I've stormed the, the draft even before anyone's got eliminated. I feel like those three were the most suspicious in the brief time that we actually saw them this time. And I think it would be interesting, especially if it's Martine or Kat, because both of them said that they go 100% on any challenge. So it'll be interesting to watch both of them and see if they actually are going 100% on any challenge. Hmm. That will be interesting to see play out. I mean, this is all entirely speculation. This is going to be the shortest episode of the year, probably, because we saw one day, one challenge, and have a hell of a lot of kind of suspicion more than anything. Yeah, like no, the mole didn't even get to play in a challenge yet. Well, they did, just not as the mole. Well, you know what I mean. <laughs> I think if any franchise is going to do this sort of a twist justice, it's going to obviously be Belgian mole. We, we're on record as 
adoring Belgian mold generally. And I think that it's a very interesting idea to see whether they actually can pull off what is essentially a game-breaking twist in not having a mole straight away. It's like having two moles. It's always in that same conversation. But also then adding in the fact that everyone kind of suspected that they might eventually be asked to be the mole, but they were never certain on it. Yeah, at least they didn't pick like five people who maybe wanted to be the mole and five who didn't. Yeah, because then obviously they should have gone for someone who didn't want to be the mole because the sheer panic on their face would have been amazing. So now the final question, what do you think is going to happen next week? I think it'll just be one elimination. Oh yeah, it'll just be one elimination, but who do you think is going to be the first victim? Ingrid. I hope not. Don't even put that out there. I never want to see Ingrid get eliminated. Give her a perma-exemption. The longer she stays in, the more useless she's going to be, and it's going to be delightful. (laughs) We found her female C now. Yeah, that's what I want to see. I just want to see her bottom-feeding her way along. Another tie. Another tie. I'm not even precious about anything else. I just want to see Ingrid bottom-feeding her way along. So have you got anything else you want to say? Nope. In that case, thank you for listening to this Belgium More Recap. You can join us next Thursday for another episode. If you've got any questions, feel free to contact us on our Facebook page, Reality TV Warriors, on our Twitter account, RTV Warriors, our own Twitter pages, MD Hamstone for me, and Lugs of Quacky for Logan. See you next time. Peace out and just chill till the next of flavoring. Yeah. You listen to music, watch TV, and movies, right? Well, we know you do, because who doesn't? That's why we have awesome guests from hit shows every Friday, like Kate Siegel. Literally, I crawled through the desert of Los Angeles begging for work. Tom Goss. Can I make fun of that one more time? Because I just saw the most hilarious thing. And this is probably really inappropriate. Jake, Choi. Yeah, I I was very much like Miggy in high school and college, um, minus the baby. Right, yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I didn't have a baby that I know. Yeah, that I know. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And so many more. Funny stories meet talented creators. All that and more on The The Martini Martini Lounge. Lounge. Every Friday on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you can find podcasts. Don't miss out.